In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to heal us of all of our ills. All of them. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's been, well, kind of an interesting week, or past couple of weeks, for us and the Winters household. Because uh, we've been when dealing with some stuff uh, with illness and with other things that have just sort of popped up. Um, uh, so far, this week has shaped up to be one of those weeks that you're like, eh, I'd, I'd rather not remember that week. Uh, because um, uh, things that have happened to us in the past couple of weeks is I got my identity stolen and, and found out that, that people were um, opening cell phone accounts in my name um, and um, all in California. So it's been an interesting um, uh, couple of feels like days on the phone with all sorts of different people. Um, there has been um, uh, uh, poison ivy in our yard. It's going very, very, um, uh, it's growing very fast, and um, that's getting on, on us. Uh, there's also been um, uh, kind of a feeling of a, a little bit of a sore throat thing going on, and um, then I went to the dermatologist on Monday, and while I was at the dermatologist, he said, oh, what's the that thing on your temple, and I said, I have no idea, and he said, well, let's take it off, and I went, okay, that's fine, the things came back, everything is okay, but um, still that sense of, you know, him taking whatever it is that he takes, because I don't like to look, um, and, and snipping off that part of skin, you kind of go, oh, oh no, and, and all of those things sort of have to deal with today's gospel lesson. Uh, because today's gospel lesson is, is about sick people and it's about healing. And uh, it, it's about people that are sick in basically kind of two different ways, really. There are people that are sick in this gospel reading that definitely know that they are sick. And yet, sort of in the background, not really all that mentioned in this gospel reading, there are some other sick people. There are some sick people that don't really know that they're sick. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of walk step by step through this gospel reading, and uh, by the end of it, we're going to understand why that gospel reading ends with that statement, and it was the Sabbath. Because at first, when you read through that gospel reading, and you see, and it was the Sabbath, you go, oh, what a nice little inclusio. Why did John do this? And it's possible because that John is kind of a weird gospel writer. That's who John is. He's sometimes sort of out in space. Um, and yet, at the same time, it's uh, definitely something that he's doing on purpose here. And that shows in what Jesus has to say to the sick man. And so, we start off with uh, John chapter 5 and, and verse 1 there. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now, there was in Jerusalem, uh, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Now, all of this so far is probably just kind of giving you a little bit of a mental image, that you have this pool that is there in Jerusalem. It's a feast time, so there's a whole lot of people that are in Jerusalem around this time. And then you have these five colonnades. And so probably if you are from here in Tallahassee, especially if you are uh, here at Florida State University, the way to understand that is by understanding what a bus stop looks like. (laughs) 
when classes are in. There's just people that are congregated. They're, they're kind of huddling under these colonnades trying to, to stay um, out of the sun or, or out of the, the elements. And they're just waiting for a certain time. And what they're waiting for is this time where magically the waters, they think, get stirred up. And when the waters get stirred up, that means that there are healing qualities to the water. And the trick is to get in the water first. And that just takes me all the way back to my childhood and being at a public pool and um, all of a sudden, there, there was this time where the pool was closed off. Nobody could be in the pool. And then the lifeguard would blow their whistle and bam, everybody did their best to jump into the water first. Well, that's kind of what it was like here. But our friend who gets healed in this story, well, he can't move. He's unable to get into the water pretty much at all unless somebody puts him in there. And by the time that they heft him up and they get him over to the water, somebody else has already jumped in. And so here were a great number of disabled people that used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And they're all there waiting for that moment. They're all there waiting for whatever that meant, that the waters would be stirred up. Maybe it was something that was happening where there was a a seismic shaking, and you could see that in the water. Or maybe that was some wind that was blowing over the water. But they were all waiting for this one particular moment to come by. Just waiting for it to happen. Because they all knew that they were sick. They all knew that they were blind. They knew that they were lame. They knew that they were paralyzed. And they wanted to get out of that situation. They knew who they were. Were the sick. Were the unable. Were the marginalized in society. Were the people that sit by the pool of Bethesda. And there's a lot of us in this room that maybe at some point feel like that's who we are. That we're the sick. We're the marginalized. We're the ones that are lying by the pool of Bethesda. That's maybe why you've come here this morning. Is to get that healing. Because you know that at 11 o'clock at University Lutheran, the waters are going to get stirred up. And there's going to be healing pronounced There's going to be forgiveness given. There's going to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ. There may even be a baptism. And there will always be a remembrance of that baptism. And so maybe you're here today as one of those people who know that you're sick and know that you need to come here. You're one of the blind. You're one of the lame. You're one of the paralyzed. You maybe need somebody else to drag your sorry butt into church this morning. Because you couldn't do it yourself. That's who a lot of us are. It's who I am. People that understand I need what this pool has to give me. I need what God has to give me. And yet, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 
38 years is a long time. We don't know when he got sick. We don't know what it felt like when he got sick. We don't even really necessarily know what was wrong with him. All the scripture tells us is that he was an invalid. That he was somebody who couldn't function for himself. But we don't know if that means that he was an invalid because he was blind, or because he was lame, or because he was paralyzed. We just know that he couldn't get to the water by himself. And so, maybe if he was blind, he just didn't, couldn't quite navigate around things in order to get to the water. Maybe if he was lame, he couldn't hobble over there. Or if he was paralyzed, obviously, he would need somebody to carry him over there and put him in. But either way, there was no way that he was getting to that pool first. And so it was like being on the outside of a great promise. That you knew that you could never actually have. And yet, this guy was there. He had hope. He knew he was sick. He knew that there was a possibility that maybe one day all of those other people are going to get healed. And maybe I'll just be the last one who finally gets dunked in that water. Maybe I'll be the last person, but then I'll be healed. Then this string of 38 years of being an invalid will be over for me. And that's where this guy is at when Jesus sees him. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Wow, Jesus. Why would you even ask that? I mean, it almost seems like a slap in the face in a, in a lot of ways to walk up to this person who Jesus has just found out with. That's what the scripture tells us. He just found out that he has been there for a very long time, for 38 years. And then Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, do you want to get well? What do we expect him to say? Well, no, I'm pretty good chilling out here next to the pool. Got my spot underneath the colonnade. No. But Jesus is asking this for a reason. He's asking this for a reason to show us what it looks like to know that you're sick. Because if you know that you're sick, you know that you want to get well. If you know that you are sick laying on the couch, you know that you want to get better. But some of us don't always know that we're sick. Some of us don't always know that we're in trouble. It turns out that the guy that was using my identity to buy all sorts of fun stuff, like cell phones from Verizon and AT&T, and um, $1,000 worth of pants, which I don't even know how you do that, (laughs) and uh, $250 at Kroger and a few Skype calls, that that this guy was was doing all of those things uh, right around Easter time. Right before Easter, actually. And I didn't find out about it until just recently, because that's when all of the bills started coming due, and they started coming uh, in the mail to my house. And I started going, what? $1,000 worth of pants from Macy's? And so I had no idea that that stuff was, was going until I got that information that my identity was being used, that there was something sick about what was happening in my life in terms of my finances. 
see, before then, if, if somebody had said, hey, uh, Jay, do you want to uh, make sure that your identity is protected, I probably would have said, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, yeah, okay. But after I found out that my identity was being used in those ways, all of a sudden, I want something more. I want all of the things that are not good in there to be healed. To be brought back up to speed. Just like when my doctor said, hey, you have something on the side of your head. Would you like me to take that off and see what it's about? Yeah, that'd be a good thing. I didn't know that that was there. I didn't know that there was a cause for concern until somebody pointed that out for me. You see, a lot of times we can live our lives not really understanding and knowing that we've actually sinned or that we're sinning. Or maybe we even sometimes look away from that sin and say that that's not a sin. We're just going to keep on trucking because I don't believe that's really a sin. The Bible doesn't know what it's talking about. Christian church doesn't know what it's talking about. That's not really a sin. That's just who I am. That's just what I do. And it takes something else to inform us that's been a sin. When we confess our sins together here, sometimes what we confess is that we don't know all of the sins that we commit. Sins known and unknown. That that's hanging out there. That sometimes there's something that, that we don't know that has actually been a sin in our lives. And we find out about that later. Like a weird bill coming in the mail or like... Your dermatologist saying, hey, this spot looks funny. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to go in, someone else goes ahead of me. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Now, it's interesting here. It, it, it sort of flies under the radar right away, especially for us who are uh, Gentiles. We're not really all that familiar with the, the Jewish codes and, and things like that. But what Jesus says here is specific. He doesn't just say, get up and walk. Because he says that to other people when he cures them of being lame. He says, get up and walk, and they do. And everything is good, and he heals them, and, and everything is fine. But what Jesus says to this man is he adds something. He says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And that's not really clear until we go a little bit further on in the story here. And it says, the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Well, on the Sabbath, it's against the rules to pick up your mat. That's actually considered work. The way that it worked out was that the rabbi said that, well, picking up your mat is like moving, which a lot of us in this room are probably pretty familiar with right now. If you've been driving around Tallahassee or maybe you've been doing this yourself, you know what a pain it is to have to move. And if you drive around campus, you'll see the leftovers of people that have been moving and just said, well, I don't feel like moving that. I'll just leave this on the curb. Because moving is work. 
Well, the rabbi said, well, moving is work. We all know that moving is work. And so, because moving is work, we can't do it on the Sabbath. Because God said, don't make the Sabbath a day to work on. Make it a day of rest. And so then they started to parse out what that meant. And they said, no moving on the Sabbath. Well, picking up your mat, your mat is like your bed. And picking up your mat, that meant it was work. Just the little bit of rolling it up, tucking it under your arm. That was moving. And that was a no-no. But what Jesus is doing in this is he's pointing out the people that are in the background, and you meet them a little bit later on in in John 5 here. Uh, They're the people that are in this vicinity, and they're sick as well. But they don't know that they're sick. It's the righteous people. It's the people that have said, everything is good with us. If Jesus walked up to one of these people and said, do you want to be healed? They would have said, what are you talking about? Because they didn't think that they needed that healing. They didn't think that they needed that Christ. They didn't think that they needed that Savior to come into their life and to bring them healing. And how often is that the case for a lot of us? Where we say, you know, I go to church on Sunday, or, you know, I live a pretty good life, or I do this, or I don't pick up my mat, I don't move on a Sunday. And how often do we think, I'm pretty good. Jesus, that healing can be used for somebody else. I don't need it. What Jesus is pointing out here is that we all need it. From the blind and the lame and the paralyzed that are sitting by the pool and just waiting for the moment that we can be healed, that somebody can will come up to us and say, would you like to be healed? Would you like to be forgiven? Would you like to experience what love and the joy of Christ is all about? Some of us are just waiting for somebody to say that to us. Some of us are just waiting for the invitation for that. But there's others of us that are also blind and lame and paralyzed. And the reason that we're blind and we're lame and we're paralyzed is that we don't want those things. We don't think we need those things. We're blind to our own sins. We're lame in our sense of what righteousness is. And we're paralyzed in terms of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't come for just one set or the other. He has to work with each of those groups differently. Just like a good surgeon knows what to cut out where. But Jesus goes in and he uses his scalpel, the cross. The forgiveness of sins that he offered to us by his own death and resurrection. And he goes in and he says, I am going to heal you. And I'm going to heal you if you're waiting for it. And I'm going to heal you if you need that to be pointed out to you. I'm going to point that out to you and heal you. But either way, what's going to happen here is that I'm going to heal you. And that eventually, what you're going to come across is a point in time where Jesus asks you, do you want to be healed? And all you can do is scream out, yes. 
And Jesus says, I will. Get up. Take up your mat. And walk. Healing is here. Healing died on a cross. Healing rose again from that cross. And heals you at this pool. Amen.